In last week's parasha and this week's, there are two quite similar commands, both of which have to do with counting time. Last week we read about the counting of the Yomer, the 49 days between the second day of Pesach and Shavuos. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, count off 50 days. That's the Sfirat HaOmer, the counting of days. In this week's parasha, we read about the counting of years to the Jubilee. Count off seven sabbatical years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the Day of Atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. So we have two forms of counting. But there is one significant difference between them, and it tends to be missed in translation. The counting of the Oma is in the plural, usfartem lachem. The counting of the years is in the singular, v'sofarta lacha. Now, oral tradition, the Torah Shabal Peh, interpreted the difference as referring to who is to do the counting. In the case of Svirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer, the counting is the duty of every individual, hence the plural. But in the case of the Jubilee, the counting of years, the 50, 49 years, and then the Jubilee year, the counting is the responsibility of the Beit Din, specifically the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin. It's the duty of the Jewish people as a whole, performed centrally on their behalf by the court, hence the singular. Now, what's implicit in this distinction is a very important principle of leadership. As individuals, we count the days, but as leaders, we must count the years. As private people, we can think about tomorrow, but in our role as leaders, we have to think long-term. Focusing our eyes on the far horizon. Ezehu Chacham Haroed Hanolad, who is wise, asked Ben Zoma and answered, one who foresees the future consequences. Leaders, if they're wise, think about the impact of their decisions many years from now. Famously, when asked in the 1970s what he thought about the French Revolution in 1789, the Chinese leader Chuan Lai replied, too soon to say. Jewish history is replete with just such long-term thinking. Where Moses, on the brink of the Exodus, focused the attention of the Israelites on how they'd tell the story to their children in the years to come, he was taking the first step to making Judaism a religion built on education, study, and the life of the mind, one of its most profound and long-term empowering insights. Throughout the book of Devarim, he exhibits stunning insight when he says that the Israelites will find that their real challenge won't be slavery but freedom, not poverty, but affluence. And to prevent this, he set forth a way of life built on covenant, memory, collective responsibility, justice, welfare, and social inclusion. Still today, the most powerful formula ever devised for a long, for strong civil society. In Devarim, Moses is thinking long-term. When the people of the southern kingdom of Judah went into exile to Babylon, it was the foresight of Jeremiah, expressed in his letter to the exiles, that became the first ever expression of the idea of a creative minority. 
Jeremiah told the people that they could maintain their identity while working for the benefit of society as a whole, and eventually they'd return. It was a remarkable prescription, and it's guided Jewish communities in the diaspora for 26 centuries since. When Ezra and Nehemiah gathered the people to the Watergate in Jerusalem in the mid-5th century BCE, they gave them the world's first ever adult education seminar, and they were signaling a truth that would only become apparent several years later in Hellenistic times, that the real battle that would determine the future of the Jewish people was cultural, not military. The Maccabees won the military struggle against the Greeks, but the Hasmonean monarchy that ensued eventually became Hellenized itself. It was Ezra and Nehemiah, centuries earlier, who had seen and thought long-term. When Rabban Yochanan ben Zaikai said to Vespasian, the Roman general leading the siege against Jerusalem, Give me Yavna and its sages. He was saving the Jewish future by ensuring an ongoing source of spiritual and intellectual leadership. Moving to the 19th century, that was when rabbis like Tzvi Hirsch Kalisher and Yehuda Alkali began to argue for a return of Zion, inspiring secular figures like Moses Hess and later Yehuda Leipinska and Theodor Herzl, and even non-Jews like George Eliot, whose Daniel Deronda, written, published in 1876, was one of the first Zionist novels. That movement ensured that there would be a Jewish population there, able to settle and build the land so that there could one day be a state of Israel. After the Holocaust, when yeshiva heads and Hasidic leaders who survived encouraged their followers to marry and have children and rebuild their shattered worlds, they gave rise to what has now become the fastest growing element in Jewish life. Because of them, there are now within living memory of almost the total destruction of the great centers of Jewish learning in Eastern Europe, more Jews studying in yeshiva or seminary than at any time in the whole of Jewish history, more than the great days of the 19th century yeshivas at Volozhin, Ponovich, and Mir, more even than in the days of the great academies in Babylonia at Surah and Pubadita that produced the Babylonian Talmud. That was thinking long-term. Great leaders think long-term, and they build for the future. That has become all too rare in contemporary secular culture with its relentless focus on the moment, its short attention spans, its fleeting fashions and flash mobs, its texts and tweets, its 15 minutes or even 15 seconds of fame, and its fixation with today's headlines and the power of now. But the real business leaders of today are those who play the longest of long-term games. I know these are Thoroughly secular figures, most of them not Jewish, but Bill Gates of Microsoft, Jeff Bezos of Amazon.com, Larry Page and Sergey Brin of Google, and Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook were all prepared to wait years and years before monetizing their creations. Amazon.com, for example, was launched in 1995 and didn't show a profit until the last quarter of 2001. Even by historic standards, these were exceptional in instances of long-term thinking and planning. Yes, those are secular examples. And in any case, we haven't had prophets since the Second Temple. I mean, 
pH profits, not F profits. But there's nothing intrinsically mysterious about being able to foresee the consequences of choosing this way rather than that. Understanding the future is based on a deep study of the past. So, for instance, chess masters have committed so many classic games to memory that they can almost instantly tell by looking at the placing of the pieces on a board how to win and in how many moves. Warren Buffett spent so many hours and years as a young man reading corporate annual accounts that he developed a finely honed ability to pick companies poised for growth. And it was he who, in 2002, five years before the financial collapse actually came, was warning that derivatives and the securitization of risk were what he called financial weapons of mass destruction, a secular prophecy that was both true and unheeded. Throughout my years in the chief rabbinate, our team, and leadership is always a team enterprise, would always ask, how will what we do today affect the Jewish community 25 years from now. Our task was to build not for us, but for our children and grandchildren. The great systemic challenge was to move from a community proud of its past to one focused on its future. That's why we chose to express our mission in the form of a question. Will we have Jewish grandchildren? The leadership challenge of Bahar is count the years, not the days. Keep faith with the past, but your eyes firmly fixed on the future.